Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Well, good morning. I, I pray you're having a great, uh, a great week, a better week, and especially the Lord's Day. This is a good day. Did you not enjoy the worship this morning? Oh, my goodness. I hope you had it cranked up because it, it was awesome. And I'm so thankful to have a team that can do that. I know I can tell you what I'm doing. Um, as you know, we pre-recorded the worship. And so I'm sitting in the seat I always sit in, in the worship center. And they've turned it up. And I'm telling you, just to experience the worship. Did you, did you get the sense of what the theme was this morning? It, literally, they sang about the faithfulness of God. You know, there's not a doubt in my mind that God is faithful. There's not a doubt in my mind. He will be faithful to us no matter how long we're in this. The only question I have is, are we going to be as faithful to him? In other words, are we going to stay on course? Or has this pandemic just kind of caused the church to, to stumble or to, to stagger in, in, in the mission that he's given us? The second essential that I want to talk to you about today is mission. And let me tell you why this one is important. And this one is the one that probably is the closest to my heart, just simply because I think it's why we exist. It's why we're here. Pandemics and things going on around us tend to affect our mission. And so I, I want to just challenge you at the point of, are we being faithful to do what he called us to do? So if you've got a, couple, if you've got a Bible, I want you to go to a couple of places. Um, and, and if you have a device, you can turn it on while you're doing that. Uh, would you go to Matthew chapter 28? And, and we're going to look at about verse 19. And then if you've got, uh, if you can turn over to Acts chapter 1. These are two great places we're going to work from. I want to just give a welcome to, to those of you that are, uh, that are live streaming us right now. It, it's amazing to see uh, how many of you are connecting, especially boys and girls. I, I hope you had a great time at 9 o'clock. You know, it's just so cool to see what's happening in our families and, and see what's happening with children. I think God is doing a, a special work. And now... I know there have been challenges, and um, we'll talk about those things later, but I'm just thankful that we get a chance to be together uh, through technology, and especially those of you that literally all over the world. I mean, I feel like I need to say Bon Gia, or uh, Buenos Dias, or Guten Tag in Germany, wherever you are. Uh, thank you for being a part of our life and of our family. Now, what tends to happen to us when we go through a crisis is we, we kind of pull back and we kind of lose orientation sometimes. For example, last week we talked about our identity, okay? Our identity hadn't changed just because the world around us is changing. The second thing, our mission. It, it's obvious in history. History's a great teacher. There have been seasons where the church lost its mission. I mean, it happened in the Old Testament. When they came out of exile and they came back to the city, 
there was a, there was a sense of, of a different mission. Whereas they were intended to be a blessing to the nations, it no longer became about the nations. It became very much about them. And that's what Jesus fought when he walked on this earth. I can tell you that when you're going through pain and suffering, you, you tend to focus on you and not the mission. Not, not what's out there, but, but upon what's going on inside of you. Um, I really think the early church, probably one of the greatest examples we have, Think about the pain and suffering. Think about the persecution for the first couple of hundred years. And yet they grew. I mean, that pain and suffering didn't stop them. The, the old saying is that the blood of the martyrs became the seed of the church. So we can't let the pain and suffering we're going through stop us. Sometimes it's a, it's a different thing. It's political expediency. In other words, it's, it's getting involved in, in that game thinking we need the approval of the state or we have to have the approval of the state or, or somehow we can be one with the state. And that's all a bigger question. I don't have time to go there. But let me tell you what the early church never did. They never accommodated to Rome. They never had the favor of Rome either. They never had the blessing of Rome. But you know what? It didn't stop them. Because their goal wasn't to get the favor of Rome. Their goal was to transform Rome. And they did it with the gospel. They literally changed their world. I can tell you the one that really probably I'm the most nervous about. Actually two of them. Distractions and disunity. Now this is going to shock you. But in the early church there were many distractions and a lot of disunity. Because they began to debate on things. Did you know more Christians, in the first couple of hundred years of the church, more Christians were killed by other Christians fighting over the doctrine of the Trinity than Rome ever killed? Now, I know that it, it sounds shocking, but it's true. The church turned inward and began to fight each other, and they lost the mission. So what about in these days? Oh, yeah, we got a lot of distractions. All you got to do is turn on the news. All you got to do is listen and read. Who, I don't know who you're following, you know, and, and, and who you're on Instagram and following. I just think there's so much out there that's about disunity. We can't let the distraction keep us from the one central mission that the church has. And then maybe this is the most dangerous is prosperity. I think prosperity is one of the greatest threats to the mission. You know why? Because it breeds consumers. It, it breeds a, a, a people, a generation that says, well, what about me? Aren't you going to serve me? Why? Because we were used to prosperity. We're used to things just falling in our lap, and, and, and that's how we want it from the church. It'll kill the mission. It'll destroy it. I'm praying against that one, that we will never be the consumer. We'll never have such horrible theology that God owes us something, that he owes us riches. He owes us blessing. He owes us nothing. We owe him everything. And that's why we have to be about the mission. So let's read. What did Jesus say? Okay? Two scriptures. I'm going to start with Matthew. And let me just tell you chronology-wise, this is, this, is <laughs> this is a fun question to talk about. We're not going to talk about it uh, long this morning. Did Jesus speak Matthew 28, the Great Commission, first or Acts 1-8 when he says, go and be my witnesses? Well, it's obvious their setting is very different in both of them. 
In Matthew, he's in Galilee. In Acts, he's in Jerusalem. I think Matthew came first. I really think this was the first thing. And I think this might have been when he spoke to the 500 that we know he spoke to according to the Apostle Paul. So let me read, and you read with me. I'm in Matthew 28, starting in verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Now, that's what we call the Great Commission. Now, Acts chapter 1. I want to start with verse 4. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, so they're in Jerusalem here, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they'd come together, they asked him, Lord, will at this time you restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. And can I just pause there for a moment? You know, this pandemic has, has created a lot of uh, speculation. I mean, it's created conspiracy theories. It's created all kinds of ideas, trying to connect theological themes. It's connected um, prophecy. And guys, I, you know, there's a lot about that. I, I mean, there are things I don't understand about this this season we're going through, I'll be honest, I, I don't, there's some things that don't add up for me. And then, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's all over social media and just about everywhere, is this thing about the 40 days or the 40 years and the number 40 and 2020 and, and all that. Man, it, it looks fascinating to me, but I'm not sure I understand it. Here's the point. They tried to change the question. To, well, okay, so is this the time the kingdom is coming? And is this a part of what's going to be happening at the end? And Jesus quickly pivots. And he says, no, no, no. Don't worry about that stuff. Here's what I want you to do. So the question is not, what is all this happening today? And how does it fit in prophecy? How does it fit? Hey, the question is this. We have a mission. Are we doing it? Now, if we figure out stuff along the way, that's awesome. But never would I sacrifice the mission of the church to be caught up in all the debates and discussions and things that really may never be known until one day we're with him. So look what Jesus said. Nope, that's not the question he said. You will receive authority. Uh, excuse me, power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. In other words, guys, don't worry about the kingdom stuff. The Father's got that taken care of. You're gonna be a witness. So when you take these two and you put them together, it's very clear. The last words of Jesus to his people, to us, the mission. You will be my witnesses. It's the last thing he said. 
The next moment, I mean, he ascends to the Father. So consider the importance of last words. And let me just, uh, let me tell you, I want to break it down in just two things. Number one, the mission. Number two, our help to accomplish the mission. Okay? First of all, let's look at our mission. And as simply as I know how to say it, it's make disciples. Make disciples. When he says in Matthew, as you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. The only finite verb in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, the only verb is make disciples. The first part of that is as you go. And then he says to all nations, so let's talk about the scope of this mission. It's everywhere. It's wherever you are. And so there's no need to debate. Okay, well, is it Jerusalem? Is it Judea? Samaria? The ends of the earth? Yes. All the above. So let's just establish this. Our mission never changes no matter where we are on the planet earth. We have the same mission. And that mission is to make disciples. Let me just sum it up how it, how it happens. Okay? Lead people to Jesus. He told him in Acts, you're going to be my witnesses. And that's so critical to catch. He said, you're not a witness of the church. You're not a witness of a movement or a witness of whatever. You are my witnesses. So we lead people to Jesus, whatever that means. And what I mean by that, by whatever means. We talk about Jesus to people. We share what Jesus has done for us. Witness, by the way, is a great word used 29 times in the book of Acts. Actually connected to the word martyr. It is the word for martyr. Which basically means I'm living and I'm dying for this. This is, this is my life. Jesus is my life. Talk about him. When you pray with someone, you point them to Jesus. When you take food to someone, when you help someone out in this season, we do it for Jesus. We point them to Jesus. So lead them to Jesus, my witnesses. The second thing, lead people to confess Jesus. Well, what does that mean? Baptize. He tells them in Matthew, go to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Really? So baptism and baptizing is a part of the commission or the mission? Yes. You know why? Because it's the outward confession of Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important. That's why we encourage you, even during this season, we, we can baptize. There are ways to baptize. And I'm so excited. I've been uh, checking when I've been up here uh, at the church. I've been going by and checking, seeing how the outdoor baptistry is coming. Oh, you're going to love it. I just keep thinking how awesome is it going to be that maybe between services or something, all of a sudden we're gathered out there and there's somebody confessing Christ. We have to remember a part of our mission is to lead people to confess him, not be ashamed. And baptism is the way you do it for the world to know and to see. And then lead people to be like Jesus. Matthew says, teaching them to observe. Okay. Jesus said, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. What is that? Teach them how to live their life. Teach him how to follow Jesus. Teach him how to be like Christ. And this is the part that sometimes gets left out. 
Because so many places, you know, it's, it's, it's about that moment of conversion, that moment, maybe baptism, and we forget they got to grow up. Let me ask you a question. Um, if you've had children, did you leave the baby at the hospital? Did, did you take your baby home and then say, okay, you're on your own? No. Babies need a lot of attention, right? Babies need a lot of help. And that's exactly the analogy to understand what we're doing. When somebody becomes a Christian, they're, they're like a newborn in Christ. And so we're to teach them. That's a part of this mission. We're to teach them. And that best happens in community. It best happens in community. So what we're doing is that we're taking this book and we're, we're, we're talking about it. And we're showing them things in this book and we're taking notes and we're, and we're developing this. I just think that's why it's so important to get connected. The whole process of sanctification is we become more like Christ. And I believe that's the call of the church is to disciple, to grow up one another. And, and not just to grow one another up, but to grow up those who can lead somebody else to Jesus. It can help them. Now watch this. It doesn't end with us. We lead them to Jesus, we lead them to that confession, and then we lead them to be like Jesus. So here's kind of the goal, a follower who helps others to follow, who helps others to follow, who helps others to follow. The ellipses points, you can just keep going on and on. Who helps others to follow, who helps others to follow. In other words, followers of Jesus who are reproducing followers of Jesus. That's it for us. So can I just give you the mission of the church? And this is our stated mission. You see it on the website. You see it everywhere. I mean, we want it everywhere. We want it in your heart mostly. Our mission is to follow Jesus and to lead others to do the same. It's pretty simple. Our mission is to follow Jesus and to lead others to do the same. There's no caveat. There's no qualifying statement when life is good. This is our mission. Or when everything's working out. No. Even in a pandemic, our mission is to follow Jesus and lead others to do the same. You know what my mission is this morning? To lead you to Jesus. I mean, to lead you to Jesus. But I'm, I can tell you my first commitment is to follow Jesus. And so it never ends. That's our mission. Now, here's the fun part. We have help to do this mission. We have an awesome helper to do this mission. So I want you to look at this as we put this up. Our helper is the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them in Acts, hey, go wait. Don't leave Jerusalem until the promise. What was the promise? The Holy Spirit. And then when you receive power, then you go and you are my witnesses. So the whole idea that Jesus had for the church and for the mission is that he was going to give us incredible power. And when that power comes in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we go. So let me tell you, our help for the mission, we do it, the mission, because he told us to do it. He has all authority. Matthew chapter uh, 28 that we just read verse 18 says all authority is his on he in heaven and on earth so why are we talking about the mission today because he said to this is from the word 
and the heart of Jesus. We do it because he is with us. He said, lo, I'm with you always in Matthew 28. I just think that's awesome. Lo, I'm with you always. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm going to always be with you. And then this, we do it because of what he's doing in us and through us. You know the difference in somebody being with you and somebody being in you is this. If you're drowning and you look up and there's a lifeguard over on the side of the pool or on the beach and they're cheering, you can do it, you can do it, and they're just cheering you on. Does that help you? No. No, what you need is somebody to come and literally carry you. Can I just tell you the mission that he's given us? He is carrying us. He is working through us, in us, and through us. Can I show you what it did? Even in that day, it took some folks who were fearful and it turned them into fearless. Did you know the disciples, after he was raised from the dead, they were hiding from the Jews, the scripture says. They were hiding behind locked doors according to John's gospel, chapter 20. And, and Jesus all of a sudden appeared in the room. Now you would think one appearance, we got it. He's alive, let's go rock the world. Nope, eight days later, they're in another room, the door's locked. So what was the thing that literally tore the doors wide open and turned loose the church on this world? When the Holy Spirit came. When you read Acts 2, there's this incredible thing happening with the Holy Spirit falling on all flesh. I mean, there it is. And all of a sudden, Peter, who once was scared of his shadow, these disciples who were behind locked doors, they're out in the streets of Jerusalem. They're on the steps, the southern steps of the temple courts. Listen, they're unashamed and unafraid. I just think the Holy Spirit does that. And I want you to know that this mission he's given us, he's given us his spirit. We don't have to be afraid. No, we have confidence that we're going to be able to do it. This power in us is to accomplish his mission through us. Paul said, God is working in us both to will and to do his good pleasure in Philippians chapter 2. So I just believe it's time the church recognize and realize, man, we got something going on. We have a mission to do and we got the power to do it. I don't know if it was the first time this happened. I'm not sure if it's the only time it happened. But did you know there was an action? I don't know if you watched the Rose Bowl parade. I mean, the term of roses parade is probably a classic uh, on New Year's Day. Did you know there was a float that ran out of gas? I've always wondered that. What happens if, somebody, if one of these floats just stops? There was a float that ran out of gas. Now, that's not the interesting thing about this story. You know whose float it was? This is taking you back several years. Standard Oil Company. Standard Oil Company. That's who makes, obviously, gasoline. And they ran out of gas. I feel like the same thing is happening. The church is running out of gas. When we know the greatest power that has ever been given to man, we know the power, literally the word dynamite. And we've run out of gas. And, and a pandemic has caused us to stop. And, and, and it's like we're, we're all of a sudden missing something. No, we're not. We have a mission. It's still there. And we have the power to do it because he is doing it through us. I want you to remember this, and, and maybe it'll catch. Bethlehem was when God said, I'm with you. The cross, Calvary, means God is 
for us. But Pentecost means God is in us. You see, too many of us have been to Calvary for pardon, but we haven't been to the place for power, which is submission to him and his spirit in us. And so I just believe that the help is there. It's there to accomplish what he has called us to accomplish. And you know what? This mission is unstoppable. It's unstoppable. You think about it. He has given us the mission. He now has given us the spirit, his presence living in us. And I just believe that spirit comes the moment you trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord. He walks in your life. In fact, you can't even become a Christian without the spirit drawing you. So the moment you believe and you become a follower, that spirit all of a sudden is in you. Now watch this. You're unstoppable. You're unstoppable. The Roman Empire could not stop the mission of the church. You know what the last word in the book of Acts is? The last word. As Paul is ministering in Rome, as he's sharing the gospel and preaching from prison, as the church is growing in Rome and literally all over the Roman Empire, the last word in the book of Acts is the word in Greek, akalutos, which means unstoppable. The Roman Empire couldn't stop the mission. And guess what? The gates of hell can't stop it. When Jesus said to Simon Peter, hey, you know what? On this rock... And he spoke it to all the disciples and gathered there on this rock. I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell, and he used a phrase, shall not prevail against it, has a future tense. He's talking about today. The gates of hell cannot stop his church. So the Roman Empire couldn't stop it. The gates of hell can't stop it. We have a mission. And this mission is to lead people to Jesus. This mission is to help them confess Jesus. And this mission is to help grow them up because it's all about one thing, making disciples. Can I do that right now? I want to lead you to Jesus. There's some that are streaming that uh, you've never put your faith in Christ. You've never said, I believe in the Lord Jesus. I, I, I want to follow him. Can I just invite you in this moment right now? Just ask him. Just call on him. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call on him. And when you call on him, something's going to happen in you. And you're going to be a follower of Jesus. And for those who have called upon him, have you ever confessed him publicly in baptism? Hey, it's a part of the mission. And I would be so wrong if I didn't invite you to follow Christ and I didn't invite you to take a stand for him in baptism. And then... We want you to grow up in him. We want you to become like him. That's why we talk about getting connected. That's why I'm going to do the after party in just a few moments. Because I just want to say hello and I want to, I want to welcome you and I want to encourage you. That we could teach you to do everything he commanded us. Can we just pray for a second? Father, in this moment. If there's anyone streaming and needs to trust you, Lord, in this moment, hear their heart, hear their cry. And if that's you, just say, Jesus, I believe. And I'm turning from my sin and from me, and I'm turning to you. And I'm going to follow you the rest of my days. 
there's any that need to be baptized that need to take a stand to confess him openly and publicly, can you just tell him right now, Lord, I'm going to do that. Make the commitment. And Jesus, we all want to grow. We all want to do everything you commanded us to do. And so, Lord, help us stay connected. Help us to walk together to encourage one another in that. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I just believe when we do this, something's going to happen. There's a great moment in the Old Testament in Ezekiel 37 and 38 where there's a vision that Ezekiel has. God takes him out to a valley. He's got dry bones everywhere. And he said, I want you to know what I'm going to do with Israel, my people. And he just gave him this vision. I think the vision applies to us. I think it applies to the church. But in context, he was talking about Israel. He said, okay, look around. And, and, and he looked around, and a bunch of bones scattered, like a literally a graveyard, except you could see all the bones, and they were scattered. Like a great war had happened there. And he said, Ezekiel prophesied of those bones. And you tell them to get up and come together, and I'll put flesh on them. And so Ezekiel prophesies, and the bones come together. I mean, a leg over here and an arm over here and, you know, a rib cage over here. They, they came together. And then all of a sudden, there was flesh on them, and they're standing there. And the Bible says they were an exceeding great army. Impressive. They were an army. Man, look how many people. This is awesome. Look at the church. We have so many people. We're awesome. But there was one problem. In the vision, there was no breath in them. They were not alive because there was no spirit in them. I don't want to be a great army that has no breath. We can't do this mission without the breath of God. So I'm prophesying today. I'm saying, church, we have a mission to do. We're not going to miss it. So, Lord, blow. Lord, let the wind come. Breathe into us. And the scripture says in Ezekiel that seriously, that wind began to blow. And the Spirit of God came in. And they stood. They were alive. And they were an exceeding great army. So are we. And we have a mission. Because we know the one that has given us hope. And wow, wow. Is there any word we need more today than hope? We know the one that literally took graves and opened them. He tells Ezekiel, I'm going to open up graves. And you're going to come back from the grave. We know the one who took graves and turned them into gardens. His name is Jesus. And our mission is to follow him and lead others. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week. Church, we have a mission to do. We're not going to miss it. So, Lord, blow. Lord, let the wind come. Breathe into us. And the scripture says in Ezekiel that seriously, that wind began to blow. And the Spirit of God came in. And they stood. They were alive. And they were an exceeding great army. So are we. And we have a mission. Because we know the one that has given us hope. And wow. wow. Is there any word we need more today than hope? We know the one that literally took graves and opened them. He tells Ezekiel, I'm going to open up graves. 
you're going to come back from the grave. We know the one who took graves and turned them into gardens. His name is Jesus. And our mission is to follow him and lead others. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.